Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We do have something special today, and it's a little different what we're doing here. We're, my wife, Val, who is our Care and Connections pastor, is going to be interviewing Jerry Klein, and it's a very special interview. So I'm going to let Val explain what she's doing today. Why don't you give her a big clap as she comes up? And thanks, everyone, again for your gifts. This is wonderful. Thanks, honey. Good morning, everyone. This is exciting. I love stories. I hope you do, too. And uh, Jerry's a very special lady to us. So, Jerry, come on down. We, we did a practice run at what we call Let's Talk. And it's for ladies on one Saturday morning of the month. And, um, and so we heard Jerry's story. Jerry and I had gone for coffee. And we, I was just so blown away by the things that Jerry was telling me that I said, Jerry, we have to do this. We have to do this at church. And uh, so she agreed to come and to share her story with us. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. And I, I think everybody can see us. We're good. And um, okay. So how you doing, Jerry? I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. Okay, that's awesome. Just so you know, too, for any ladies that might be interested, uh, the next uh, Let's Talk is March the 16th at 10 a.m., and Kim, Kim Couple is going to be leading that meeting because we will be having the marriage thing going on. So um, we're very grateful for that, that opportunity. So, Jerry, so I don't want to steal any of your time because I'm so excited about what you have to tell everybody. And what I was so most impacted about was the fact that our, one of our, our main goals as a church is to um, be partners in transformation of people's lives as they encounter the love of God. And when we had that coffee together, I was so impacted by everything you told me and all the different legs in your journey that God had done. And I knew it would encourage people. And so we're just going to pretend you're not here and we're in coffee and, and visiting at Tammy Normando's house or something Sounds and good. you're just talking to people, okay? So anyway, um, I, don't, I think you're going to have to either hold it or put it up to your face so that that's okay. Oh, there goes yeah, the water. There goes the water. Okay. It's all right. Okay. Okay. I talk Let's try it. Yeah. You think, yeah, okay. That's good. So you... Can you, do you want to just start? Just tell us the, your I'm, story. Start at the beginning. I'm going to start with That's the background. That's awesome. And then that would we, be fantastic. Lead me along here. So um, I realized when, when we talked um, at Let's Talk yeah. that I actually forgot to tell about the part when I met Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably kind one. of important. That's kind of important. Um, so I'm actually going to start way back when I was like 12 years old. Um, it actually happened at a church camp meeting in the summer. Um, my sister was friends with a youth pastor, and he pulled me aside after a... Saturday night service and told me about Jesus and told me, oh, that's loud. Okay. There. Okay. Um, told me about Jesus, told me about salvation, and I committed my life to Christ at 12. Not that that was the be all and end all, because it's such a long journey since then. There's been ups and downs along the way, but I remember being so excited. Um, and wanting to tell everybody about wow. Jesus. So it was one of those ones that took, I guess, mm -hmm. you know? So fast forward a lot of years, um, and 
Where do I start? First Assembly. First Assembly, uh, yep, I guess. Your involvement there. So I attended First Assembly, which is a Pentecostal church here in Calgary. Um, I was involved with street ministry for about seven years. I kind of fell into it by accident. A friend of mine asked me to go with her. And while I was terrified of doing it, I said yes. And so we went down on the bus that we had, and I refused to get off the bus because I was way too scared of those people. Wow. Um, because I'd never interacted before. Mm -hmm. um, but something caught my heart that day, and we'll go into that a little bit more mm -hmm. afterwards. But um, while, while I was um, going to First Assembly, because I was so involved with the ministry there, I also attended a church in Okotoks. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I got my filling, that's where I got fed, because anytime I was at First Assembly, I was giving out, giving out, giving out, and so I went to Okotoks to get filled up to be able to do that. And one night, there was a pastor from the San Francisco Dream Center that came. I didn't know this man. He didn't know me. And before the service started, he looked at me and said, I have a word for you. And if that's ever happened to any of you, that's really terrifying because you don't know <laughs> what the word is going to be. And then you get to sit through a two-hour service, and then at the end, he calls you forward. Oh, wow. So I'm um, at the end, the word he spoke over me was so incredibly powerful. Um, it spoke about destiny, but he also talked about my weight, which is something that I have struggled with my whole life. Um, but he pinpointed specific things in that word that I knew were truth. Um, he talked about when I was like eight years old, there was something life-changing that happened. Like everything that he said was so incredibly right on that I knew that it was coming directly from God. And so he spoke about my weight in front of the church, which should have been horrifying. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it was easy and it was comfortable. And um, so he also said to the church, just watch what God is going to do. And the church was excellent about that. They just watched. Nobody ever, nobody ever mentioned it. Nobody talked about it. They just let it happen. So um, anyway, so as God was working, he worked really hard in my life over that time. Um, over the course of the next year and a bit, I lost over 100 pounds. Um, but in that loss, I had to discover who I was, a new me, I guess. And that was really scary. I'd always um, had my weight to hide, hide behind. And, you know, if you, it was just easy. It was an easy place to be because that's where I had always been. Um, so I was trying to redefine myself, but at the same time, I was also starting to get attention from men, of course, that I hadn't had before. And I became a bit prideful and, okay, more than a bit, a lot prideful. It stopped being, look what God is doing, and it started becoming, look what I'm doing. Um, and at the same time, while all this was going on, I felt that God was telling me that it was time to step aside from the street ministry. Um, I knew that there was something more that he wanted me to do that I couldn't do within the confines of that ministry. And that was okay. I was, I was willing to do that. So I stepped aside um, of that. But at the same time, I met a fella and started dating him. And instead of focusing on, my, on what my next steps with God would be and where he was going to take me, I kind of lost myself in that relationship. Um, it quickly became a physical relationship. And I knew it wasn't right. And I knew that, I mean, when you are blatantly walking in sin, you kind of know right. that, right? Like yes, the, 
So, um, because my whole identity had been tied up in the street ministry, it's, you know, people said, what do you do? And that was what I did. That was just who I was. And so when I lost that, I also lost, a, a, I didn't lose it. When I stepped away from it, I lost a whole lot of people who were my support system. And so this relationship, it just kind of took over everything. And I, I pushed God aside. And so there was all of that that went along, along, with, along with it. I made choices I wasn't proud of. And in the end, of course, the relationship didn't work out because those kind don't usually right. go so yes. well. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't long after that relationship ended that I was talking to an older lady at church, kind of whining and complaining about the fact that I was single and I was, you know, never going to meet anybody. And for those of you that are single in the church, have hope. It comes when it comes, and it comes in God's timing. Anyway, her um, suggestion to me was that I make a list of what I was looking for. She asked, have I ever, and have I ever prayed about it over that specifically? And I hadn't, so I went home and I did that. And it was actually within about a month that I met Kelly. And when I look back on the list, he was actually everything on the list, which Amazing. is crazy. Way how to God go, answers Kelly. So good job. <laughs> um, and, and so there. Yes. So there's the background okay, story. Okay, thank you for your background story. And how did you hear about us? How did you hear about the church plant? And tell us about what it was like. Okay. Those are some key thoughts about when you met yeah, with me sure. and I, right? So, um... Kelly and I weren't, weren't going to church. Oh, I should probably mention that we were living together at the time. Um, again, sin to sin. <laughs> Good for me. Um, anyway, so um, Kelly and I were living together, and we didn't, weren't really going to church. We'd occasionally go to his church, which was his Catholic background. And uh, amazingly, God is everywhere that yes. you want to find him. And so I would find God in brief moments in the Catholic church when Kelly would go up for communion. I would spend those two minutes on my knees on those little kneely yes. things that they have there. And God would speak to me over and over again in those two minutes. And that, anyway, so when we weren't there, we used to watch Mark on uh, TV at noon on Saturdays or Sundays. And so he, they made the announcement that they were doing, that they were having a meeting here. Right. And so Kelly and I went to that meeting and that's where I met Ian. I don't think I met you that night. But shortly after we met for coffee with you guys and uh, it was an interesting time because you guys, um, we told you our, what you know that we live together and um, proudly wore that as a badge. And, uh, um, you guys drew a line in the sand and that was so good for me. Um, you lovingly accepted us the way that we were, but you made it very clear that until we made a lifestyle change that there would be things that we were not allowed to do. We wouldn't be able to be in a position of leadership, we wouldn't be able to serve in certain ministries, but you made it really clear and you did it with such love and such acceptance that I've, I immediately thought this is where I want to be. Wow. These are people who stand for something. Wow. I mean, as a new church, it would be pretty easy to say, Sure, welcome. Everybody, everybody, everybody come, right? And you did. You said everybody come, but you can't do a lot of things. Wow. wow. And in time, you guys decided to get married. We did. And that was six years ago yesterday. It was. Yes? Yeah. Isn't that cool, you guys? So. That's their anniversary. So, but there was one thing that you mentioned at the, the ladies um, the morning of Let's Talk, and they said, 
we want you to mention that too, but what did Ian suggest that you do in order oh, to because yeah. you were... So with the pre-marriage counseling that we did, which is funny because when you're living together, you think you know it all and it turns out you really don't know much of anything. Um, <laughs> Ian suggested that uh, one of us move out of our house, which wasn't financially possible. So uh, Kelly actually moved into another room. And so... Uh, Ian said it was to honor God. I don't think either one of us were really in a place to care about that so much. So we did it more to honor Ian, actually, than wow. we did to honor yes. God. But it was definitely a reset, um, and wow. so it was really important. Wow, that's really cool. And I'm just, I want to talk about marriage just, just a little cool, bit, Jerry. okay? Yep. Um, before we got married and when we were living together, I justified what we were doing um, because it was only a piece of paper. And it didn't really make any difference, and we were already committed. And I got to tell you, I remember waking up the next morning after we were married and thinking, oh, my heavens, what have I done? It was so much more permanent immediately. Like it felt completely different. And I don't even know how to explain that, but it just felt completely different. It was like, I can't just walk away. I've made an actual commitment. Yes. And... It's, yeah, I would... So there's a difference. There's definitely saying. a difference. There's definitely a difference. And just living together when you're, um, as a Christian, when you're just living with somebody, you know it isn't right. You know you're not doing what God's called you to do. And so there's a whole lot of things that come along with that that I don't think people think about ahead of time. They don't think about the guilt and the shame and the, all of those things that, you know, are wrapped up when you're blatantly walking in sin. Wow. And I knew. Yes. I wasn't doing anything wow. about it, but yeah. I knew. <laughs> right. But then you made a decision, too. So now when you came into the church, did you get involved in serving, Sure Jerry? did not. <laughs> I sure did not get involved in serving. And did you attend life group? And I did. You did. I did. Tell us about that, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell I loved it so much, did not. <laughs> Um, I'm not much of a joiner. I don't really like things like that. Yes. I don't really like being forced to go someplace week after week. Right. Um, it's I find it kind of confining, and I didn't want to do it, but I did because uh, maybe trying to fit in, maybe trying to be honoring to you guys. I don't really know, but I went. And in that, even though I didn't necessarily want to be there every week, and as those people in my life group can probably tell you, I wasn't there every week, um, <laughs> I made some really key friendships in this church, really key relationships that have um, helped me through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. And so what, when I, I said that I called it, you attended church kind of consistently inconsistent, yeah. right? Um, what do you think God was doing during that time, Jerry, of just that journey? Because I know this last year has been filled with a ton of shifts. Mm -hmm. God's just kind of accelerated some things. But what do you think was going on during those years? I think that, well, certainly there was a lot of healing. There was, and I didn't, may, I wouldn't maybe even have recognized it at the time. There was me sitting crying a lot over sermons, me being touched by God without really taking my next step and my my next part because I think that any time with God you have to do something you can't I mean he can you can have these wonderful moments right but if you don't take a step if you don't trust if you don't have faith that what he's telling you in those moments is truth you're not going to move forward so I did try stuff I tried hospitality 
and I was awful at it. I hated greeting. And some of you are wonderful at it. You do such a good job. And those of us who are not called to it do not do a good job. <laughs> um, so if, but it's good to try things because it's good to weed out the things that you are not gifted That's at. That's true. That's true. So thank you for trying things, Jerry. That's really cool. So, so fast forward into, was it last March you attended? I did, but before that, yes. actually, I was thinking about timing. Okay. And uh, it was, I think it was like last winter when Tammy took that course. Okay. So it that's, was, that's so uh, Tammy Normando, who most of you probably know, uh, took a counseling course that you guys sponsored, yes. I think, right? Yes, we did. And she asked me to be her guinea pig. And I thought that's what all that we were going to do. Mm -hmm. And that was a lie. Um, it was way more intense counseling than I've ever paid for, actually. Wow. Tammy is really good at what she does, and if you guys need she's somebody available. to talk to, she's available and she's so good at it. Yes. Um, and so we went back through some family stuff and that kind of thing, and we got to a point where we were talking about forgiveness, um, and there was one particular person that came up really strongly that I needed to forgive, and that was one of my nieces. I have a pretty big family. But there was one of my nieces that I was really, really close to before she got married. And when she got married, um, she started having babies one right after another. And our relationship kind of crashed and burned really hard. And I was angry. I was so angry. Of course, I didn't reach out to her and tell her how I was feeling because that would have been the good thing to do. But I didn't do any of the things you're supposed to. So I had all this built-up anger and resentment. And really, any time her name was mentioned, I would be instantly so angry. Um, I didn't want to hear about her kids. I didn't want to hear about how, how they were doing. I was just mad. And so Tammy helped me through um, uh, forgiveness with her. And it's the first time that, I mean, pastors preach forgiveness sure. at, at least once a year, right? Yeah, it, you, got, you got to do the forgiveness. <laughs> and, but this is the first time that I had ever actually done it. Um, and it was so incredibly freeing. I had no idea, absolutely no idea how free I would be in letting that all go. Wow. And taking responsibility for my role in how our relationship was. Oh, she needed me. I didn't reach out to her. Young married woman, she needed support, and I didn't give that to her. So I was at fault as well. Mm -hmm. And so all of this stuff came up in the session with Tammy. And so when I work, work through that all, there was a shift, like a definite shift in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so I made, a, I made a date with my niece, and I went up to her house, and it was fantastic. It was, um, I got to hear her story. I got to see her kids. I got to just be part of her life again. And, you know, on the way up there, she lives up in Nolan Hill, and that's really, I mean, from where I live, you need to pack a lunch and, take a day off it like it's a long way from south calgary to north calgary um and i was praying on the way up there do i need to tell her do i need That's to a good point. do That's i a need really to tell point. her what yeah. i've done and i didn't feel released to tell her what what how, that i'd work through this thing mm -hmm. and so that taught me a lesson in when you forgive somebody you don't always have to say anything to them because that would bring... You might not even know. Well, they, first of all, she probably had no idea how I was right. feeling. I hadn't talked to her, so why would she know? Um, it would make her feel bad. It would, I mean, it would bring up all this stuff in her, and why would you want to put that on another person? 
So I'm all free, but now she's not. And so right. why would that be Good fair? Point. So I just, I would say, I think there are times that probably yeah. when, you're, when you do that, you do need to. But with something like that, it's no, not always necessary. No. And just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does That's best. That's really good. That's really good. And then I think in that in that part two, we had talked about, um, then there was another time. So you had Tammy's help for that. Mm -hmm. But then we talked about, do you always need somebody's help? Turns out you and don't. you said, right. <laughs> so then there was another situation. There was. Um, so my oldest sister, my niece's mom, was more like a mom than a sister to me. She's 11 years older than me, and I was her baby from the time mom brought me home from the hospital. And so that, when that happens in a family, there's all this weird relational stuff that happens as you get older. She still wanted to be the mother the figure and the boss of me, and I didn't need a boss, and so we butted heads a lot. And I knew that I was supposed to forgive her, and I put it off for a really long time. Wow. And Tammy offered to walk me through it, and I actually didn't feel like she was supposed to. I felt like it was something I needed to do on my own. Mm. My thought was, if I can do this by myself, then maybe I can help somebody else wow, who isn't so able cool. to. Yeah. And so I did that um, Sunday afternoon. I went down to my basement, and uh, I took Ian's book that had just come out. Wow. So that's how long ago this was. Life I don't is know. a Highway. Life She's is a Highway by Ian Bird. Plug. Yep, there we go. <laughs> I read the chapter on forgiveness, not that I didn't know how to do it, but just as a refresher, I read the chapter on forgiveness, and then I just invited the Holy Spirit in, and I, in my basement, I had this whole moment of release and forgiveness, wow. and not very long ago, three weeks ago or so, a month maybe, uh, I texted her. She was taking this seminar that we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, and so I texted her and, you know, said, I'll be praying for you this weekend. I just want to let you know that I'll be praying for you. And she said, thanks very much. Would you have a place that I could stay? Because she's from out of town. Yeah. And I was so excited yeah. that she wanted to stay at my house. And we had such good conversations. Um, I mean, she wasn't there a lot, but when she was there, we got to have really good conversations. And there was no tension. And there was none of that weird butting heads and feeling bad and... So it's so crazy to me that God can do that, that he can just give that release um, and that it just completely changes. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. But then I just want to talk about yesterday. Yeah. So it was my dad's 90th birthday yesterday as well. Um, and so we had a party for him. And those two people were at this party. And normally I go into things like that, tense, and not really wanting to be there family can be so hard and it was such a good day I got to have really good conversations with both of these women and I came away for the first time not feeling beat up not feeling defeated um, feeling like I had given to them um, and had supported them which is something that I would not have done in the past and it was just it's just amazing so beautiful so Amazing. So beautiful. Wow. And you had said, like, it's like bricks, right? We build walls. It is. When, when hurts come on and we want to protect ourselves. And so the Lord was graciously dismantling and taking brick right. by brick down, right? It's so we're talking years, years, decades. We're talking years. decades of right. bricks. And you put them in one at a time. Yes. I mean, it's not like you and immediately... And we all do that, right? Absolutely. We all do that. It's so. not like an elevator that shoots up. No. I mean, it's one brick <laughs> at a time that you put it in. 
bricks. Well, when you allow the Holy Spirit to start removing those bricks, he also doesn't come in with a wrecking ball. He takes them away one brick at a time. He is gentle and he's yes. so sweet and he doesn't give you more than you can handle. And I'd heard all of those things and thought, whatever, right? <laughs> um, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that. Yes, and have. there's still more. I mean, I know that there's more things that I need to deal with. I'm mm. certainly not finished. No. But, I, but I'm not worried about it but either. But it's a worthwhile journey. It is a it? worthwhile journey. Now, do you want to tell yeah. us about soul care? I do want to okay. tell you about soul care. So a year ago in March, um, I went to this thing called soul care. It's actually put on through the Christian Missionary Alliance Church, the South Division. They're having quite a renewal in the Holy Spirit, which Love is it. very cool. Yes. Um, because they're a really biblically-based church, right? Yeah. But they didn't have a lot of the Holy Spirit, and now they're bringing that back in, because that is their background. Wow. Anyway, so I went to this soul care thing um, and was so scared before I went, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Those of you who were praying for me knew. Like, I would think about it, and I would just have such fear and anxiety about going. And I think it was about what would, what would come out. Not that I have huge skeletons in my closet, but... Okay. And I was going with my other sister. I have two of them. And so I was going with her, who is very involved in this whole thing. And mm -hmm. I was maybe a little afraid of what she might hear that mm -hmm. she didn't already know. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so I had people praying for me ahead of time. And I went to this. It was just a weekend, four days or something. And it was actually life, absolutely life-changing for me. Wow. Not necessarily while I was there. I mean, some things did come out while I was there. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was certainly fear. We dealt with fear in my life because that is something um, I know that my mom deals with fear mm -hmm. oh, she doesn't deal with it she has fear right and yeah. um, that's kind of passed on down to me yes um, and true. so we faced it head-on um, we didn't do it there we came back to my house my sister and I and um, she helped me work through that mm. uh, and so I feel like I've been delivered from the spirit of fear and basically all that means yeah, thank you. It's basically all that means is that you allow the holy spirit to come in mm -hmm. you speak to it directly you, whatever it is whether mm -hmm. you know whatever the the spirit is that is not of the holy spirit you just speak to it and command it to go i mean wow. we walk in the same power as jesus yes. right the bible says that yep. we walk in his authority and so we are allowed to speak to those things and demand that they go and they have to flee awesome. because where where there's light yeah. darkness can't be yeah. And so that's one of the things that really came out for me is that I don't have to be afraid of stuff. No. That it's okay, whatever the situation is, that I can face it. But for something like that, Jerry, it, it was good that you had some help. Yes? It was good, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah, and that's I would really get help good. with stuff like that again. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have little things, little critters, little whatever yes, that, that sometimes wiggle their way in. And it's okay to ask for help. Yes, we do. Um, because we all need help. I mean, and that's why and we that's have why. a church family. Yes, it is why we have a church family. Yes, and we need each other. We do need each other, and we have absolutely. I was saying this to you this morning. Yes, we have everything in this house that we need. God says that we are the body of Christ, mm -hmm. and in this body we have every part that yes. we need. He wouldn't give us this church family and leave Parties. out a hand. He wouldn't give us this church body and leave out a foot. He wouldn't give us this church body and leave out a heart. He That's gives, awesome. no matter what the size of the church is, he gives us everything That's that so we require. Great. Yeah. And one of the things that you said that has been super impactful too, that is a high value in this church, is the encounters. Can you tell yes. us a bit about 
I what love God's en- done. I like, love yeah, encounter. That's so good. Oh, I just want to talk about soul care just just for yep. a little bit more. Yep. This is open to anybody that wants to go. It isn't just a Christian and missionary and a alliance website thing. That we can there get, is a right? website. Um, I know that there's one coming up at Kingdom Church in Airdrie um, fairly soon. And if, awesome. if you just, uh, some of you have maybe done ancient paths or those kind of things. This is a bit like that. There's all these different sessions that you do and you break out and you work through things with the people and there's really great worship. And it's worth the time. It's worth the money and it isn't that expensive. Awesome. And yeah, there's a website. So. Love it. And they can anyway. talk to you. Too. Yes. They could ask they you can. about that, right? So. And now we'll talk Encounters. about Encounter. Yes. I love Encounter. I've loved Encounter since the first time we had it. Um, and I know a lot of people get a little bit freaked out because there's worship and there's prayer, and the prayer part is kind of scary. It's really not that bad. Um, <laughs> not that bad. It's really not bad at all. You can either participate or not. It's not like somebody's standing over you forcing you to do anything you don't want to do. But anyway, every time that I have gone to Encounter, and I'm going to say it, every time, regardless of how I've been emotionally, because mm. I've had some pretty low lows. I've worked, I've had a lot of depression over the last few yes, years. Yeah, I've had right. a lot of, um, a lot of issues. Ask the people in my life group, they'll be happy to tell you about them. <laughs> um, but no matter how I went, whether I'd had a horrible week, a horrible day, a great day, it didn't make any difference. Every time I have gone to that, mm. I have come away changed. Wow. I have met with the Holy Spirit there every time and sometimes quite significantly mm. um there's one time there's one time <laughs> there is and i don't want this to be dishonoring yes. at all so please yeah. keep that in mind as i tell you this story so there was one night at encounter and i was feeling pretty far from god like i don't hear him and i you know anyway and Pastor Ian said, I want you to, we had a beautiful time of worship. And Ian said, okay, now I just want you all to take a minute and think of a time that Jesus really showed up for you. Just take time and think of that. And so I closed my eyes and what came to me was not that. What came to me was a memory of my dad and a conversation that I'd had with him. And again, please keep in mind that I love my dad a lot. Yes. it was, my dad and I were sitting in his living room and I was trying to engage him in conversation and that's sometimes hard to do. And he, I said to him in frustration, I said, dad, don't you want to know anything about my life? And his immediate response was not really, every time you tell me something, it costs me money. So that's the warm, fuzzy memory I got when I'm supposed to be thinking about what Jesus has done for me. But immediately the Holy Spirit came And the words that I clearly heard were, but I've already paid the price. It's not going to cost me anything, and I want to know you intimately. Come on. Who doesn't (laughs) want to hear something like that? Who doesn't want your Heavenly Father to speak that kind of love? And it took that memory of such hurt and such pain and such disappointment and completely flipped it. Because now when I think of that memory... I think of what the Holy Spirit yes. said instead. Redeems. Redeems. Beautiful. Yeah. And so this past year has been such a journey of what God can do mm. in a life. Mm-hmm. It has been, I mean... Um, you said you haven't gone through depression this year. I have not. Winter is always really, wow. really hard for me. Yep. Um, it gets dark in Canada really early, and it stays dark a really long time. 
and that really affects me. And this is the first winter that I've had not one drop mm. of it, not one bit of depression, which is amazing, so great. Amazing, yes, wow. And I, I have had like I look outside and think, oh, it's light out. Whereas before it was like it's always dark. It's never going to get light. I'm never going to see sunshine again. And it's been uh, just completely different. Just a completely different attitude. And so really since I took that weekend at Soul Care, God just keeps speaking such love mm, over me. Mm. Um, I have dealt with period, uh, feelings of worthlessness and abandonment and shame and guilt and so many things. And God just keeps speaking love over I me. I love that, Jerry. And he, so keeps cool. taking, he keeps taking me back to places to heal old wounds, which is so interesting to me. Um, when, with the street ministry that I used to do, um, there was physical locations that actually caused me hurt and pain. One of them was the Dream Center because we used to meet there. Mm -hmm. And when I left, I didn't go back. Um, when I stepped away from there, I didn't go back. And so that was a really painful place for me. And just... A few months ago, they were having a worship and prophetic night that I really wanted to go to. And so a group of us ladies from here went. And oh, how the Holy Spirit met me there. Mm. Crazily met mm -hmm. me there. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that there was one pastor that I was supposed to get a word from. I don't know if that's normal for it to happen. It doesn't usually nope. happen. But it was very clear to me that I needed to have him speak a word over me. Interestingly enough, he used to be a junior pastor at First Assembly. He now pastors the church at the Dream Center. He, doesn't rem he didn't remember me. He didn't know who I was, but I knew who he was. And so I told him, I said, I waited for him until he was free. And I said, I feel like you are the one who is supposed to speak a word to me, which I think is pretty bold. That is very bold. And, and pretty demanding. <laughs> now have a good word for me, right? Like, um, and boy, did he. Holy did he. They were supposed to take like two minutes. Yeah, he took way longer than two minutes. And he nearly had me on the floor. I was crying so hard over the things that he was saying. And he was speaking against things like the shame and the guilt and, the, and how God wanted to heal those areas. And um, he did it beautifully. For those of you who work in the prophetic um, what he kept doing through it is he would say, are you okay? Do you want me to continue? Mm. So he, wouldn't, he wasn't pushing me any further than I was willing to go. He was listening to the Holy Spirit oh. while he was doing it. And it was amazing. Like I felt such release of all of those things. Um, because, you know, when, you, when you're, I mean, I walked in sin for a long, long time. So there's a lot of things that build up, right? And I just felt such a release from those things. Because God doesn't want us to walk in those things that, cut, that hold us down, no. right? And so um, there was that. And then as, as well on New Year's Eve, we went to the burn at First Assembly, which is another building that is hard for me. Uh, and during the worship at one point, my husband looked over me, over at me and said, did you want some Kleenex? Like I was <laughs> doubled over sobbing my guts out because of the download of love that I was feeling from the Holy Spirit. Just he was, it was like a river of, of acceptance and a river of love. And yeah, it was just amazing. And so God keeps taking me back to these physical locations 
to allow healing to happen, which is so amazing. And so I would say probably in the last year, that's the thing that God has spoken to me the most is and how much he loves me. And you've even found a place you actually like to serve. What happened there, Oh, Jerry? I did find a place <laughs> I like to serve. Well, two actually. Okay. So Ian preached a while back about Kids Rock and how they needed help. And previously, for things like that, I think I didn't have kids. I don't need to look after them. <laughs> I'm very I loving. Love for those of you who are wondering, <laughs> I'm very loving. Well, it turns out that the Holy Spirit thought that it would be a good idea. And he passed around a clipboard that day. And so I put my name on it because when the Holy Spirit says, you're doing this, it's really best to kind of listen. So I did. <laughs> And I love them. They're so much fun. You guys, if you are not involved with Kids Church, you are missing out. They are so much fun, and there's so much going on back there, and there's so much potential in those little people. And they, it, when they pray, they pray in the Holy Spirit. Like, if you guys have thought, no, I'm not doing that, you might want to change your mind and give it a try, because it is amazing <laughs> how much fun they are. And we love doing it. Kelly does it as well. And we love doing it. They're just so funny. So That's so yeah. great. And they love you. And then? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I thought we'd try the mustard seed because the church does that outreach. They do the mustard seed outreach. And um, again, that's a hard place for me to go back to. Not that, we not that I was doing that at the mustard seed, but that's a hard situation for me to go back to. But I kind of felt like I wanted to give it a try. What happens there, Cherry? I haven't even gone yet, so I'm, I know, I know, I'm going to change that. Yes, I will. Um, but tell, tell us what happens. So it's, we meet at about quarter to five on one Saturday a month, and um, we do a quick time of prayer and stuff and just kind of go over what's going to happen. There's four different areas that we can serve in, the hygiene room, the clothing room, the computer room, and the locker room. And we just serve. We hand, if you're in hygiene, you hand out hygiene items. If you're in clothing, you hand out clothing what items. What do the people like that go? Maybe most people do know, but what are they like? They're homeless, they're... Yes, they are. Broken people. They're like you. Right. They're like me. They are. That's true. They just don't That's have good. a house. That's good, Jerry. And they might have addictions, and they might be alcoholics, and they might have anxiety, and they might be depressed, and they might be Muslim, and they might be angry, and they might That's be right. whatever. Yep. But they're no different than I am. Yep. Awesome. They just don't have a paycheck to keep a roof over their head. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what they're like. Yes, thank I, you. Um, and they're, they're lovely. They're, they're thankful and they're mm. friendly and mm. they're grateful and they're um, people and they have a story and they have a family and nobody when they're five years old says, Daddy, I want to be homeless when I grow up. They want to be firefighters and policemen and teachers and lawyers and doctors, just like everybody else. But their life didn't go that way, just like all of our lives don't tend to go the way we had planned when we were little. And so they're amazing people um, they're with amazing stories, and they are great to talk to because they're open and they're easy. And I, the first time that I went, um, it was a test for me. I was just going to see if I wanted to do it. And Kelly and I were working in the clothing room, and there was this young woman who I had a bit of a conversation with while she was looking for gloves. And I sat with her and her boyfriend, at, or man, I don't know. They probably weren't in a relationship, but I sat with them at dinner time and had a lovely conversation. I said to the fella, I said, would you tell me your story? And he told me his story. He told me where he was from, why he was there, 
what his, what his deal was. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, this is my sweet spot. This is where I belong. This is my calling. Mm. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, and then what happened? And, oh, and then what happened? I went back a second time, mm -hmm. and the people who were leading it, Grace and Sharon, right. had just recently decided that they were moving on from mm -hmm. Church of the Rock. Mm -hmm. And somehow, by the end of the night, I had agreed to facilitate the transition to new leadership. <laughs> And that's what I'm calling it, because I'm not certain that I'm leading it yet. But at this point, I'm the interim leader, and I'm facilitating the transition, um, because initially it started out as just their life group, mm -hmm. that life group, right. as an outreach. Yeah. And they've shepherded it beautifully, and yes. the Mustard Seed loves this church so much. Um, and the, serv the service that we give them and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so... My encouragement to all of you is please come out one time. Please come one time and try it. There's not a lot of opportunity, as small as we are, there's not a lot of opportunity for us to do missions outside of our city. There's not a lot of opportunity for us to do outreach because people are tired. Mm -hmm. They work a lot. You guys work hard in this church. But this is one area that I can almost guarantee will fill you up. It will give you life. It will give you hope. It will give you an outlet to tell people about Jesus, whether you use words or actions. It will give you a bigger heart than you ever thought was possible. And so I would encourage all of you to give it a try one time and see what God will do. And I would encourage that with anything that you're feeling like you don't really want to because it's not your calling, it's not your forte, it's not your strength. Let God use your weakness. Oh, that's good. Step out. So good. Yes. Just step out and see what the Holy Spirit can do. Just step out and let him lead your life. Mm. Just step out and trust him because he is so gracious and kind. Mm. He is so willing to heal the places that you want to let him in to heal. He is so willing to just take you as slowly as you're willing to go. And for me, it was really slow. I filled one of these seats for six years. It was really slow. I'm sure you guys got tired of looking at no me, way. sitting there doing <laughs> nothing. And I was feeling guilty for doing nothing, but I couldn't do anything but do nothing. Mm. And that's okay. If you can't do anything, just keep, keep, coming. Coming. keep coming. Keep looking to God, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because he will do something in you in his time and when you're ready. You don't have to strive. You don't have to push. You just let him do what he wants to do and he will do it. Wow. That's what all. a beautiful story. What a beautiful Thank story. You. Didn't she do awesome? That's such a great word. Love it. Thank you. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I asked 
I asked Jerry if she'd be willing to pray for us because, again, that is our heart. That is our hope is that what Jerry has shared today would be the story. And I know there's lots of stories going on in this room right now. Every one of us is on, in a leg of the journey that God has us on. And the reason that we wanted Jerry to share today is because it gives hope. When you hear somebody else's story, when you get to see what God's been doing in someone else's life, it gives you hope that you can change, that God has more for you. And so, Jerry, you've done a fantastic job of conveying your heart and what God's done, and Thank I'm you. so proud of you. Can I just talk about one other Please thing? Please do. I'm you, sorry. You're doing so great. I, no, I see that we still have a little ahead. time. So I want to talk about identity for just a second because yes. we, we kind of skimmed over that. Um, when I was doing ministry with First Assembly, my whole identity was wrapped up in that, and I kind of touched on that. What God has shown me over this last year is my identity is not what I think my identity is. My identity is who he thinks I am. Um, and I, that gives me a place. When the enemy starts whispering things in my ear, I now have a place to go back to and say, nope, this is what I know is truth. And the rest of it is not. It is so important, you guys, to figure out who your identity in Jesus is. And I had heard that. I'd heard that lots of times. But I didn't know what that even really meant. And so just that is something that you have to have a plumb line. If you don't have a place to go to, if you don't have something that you know in your life is absolute truth, you're just, you're lost. And your identity becomes all this other stuff. It becomes worldly things. It becomes what you do. It becomes your job. It becomes your husband. It becomes your wife. It becomes your kids. That isn't your identity. Those are the things in your life, but that isn't your identity. Your identity is who you are in Jesus and who he says you are. So I just, I, I, I didn't want to skip that part. I didn't want to skip that. So, and that is so evident in you because I've known you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And just to see the change in you. You are a mighty warrior. I told you that. And I see that. So great. So that's anything else? Go right ahead. Mm, I, think, I think that's Think you're it. good? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today for the Church of Rock Calgary podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us or have any questions, please email info at cotrcalgary.ca.